Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in the Broncos podcast. I'm Chris Braden with me as always, Ray Crockett. Ray, how are you doing today, buddy? Good, baby. How's he doing? I'm doing great. So I won't say this is a somber week because it's just a loss. Nobody died or anything like that. But first loss of the season, the Denver Broncos. And, you know, I want to get your perspective on it as far as what it looked like to you. To me, I never really felt like the Broncos were in that game. There was just something different. And obviously the Ravens are a better opponent than anyone they had played this year. But just like my eyes was telling me something, something's amiss in Broncos country. Yeah. Yeah. It started off a little, a little funny as well. I felt the same thing. I felt that I felt that we weren't in sync. You know, I just felt, I felt the game plan. It all, it all starts with the game plan, to be honest. I mean, the players of course have to be ready to play. The coaches have to get you ready to play. But that first 15, especially on offense, it's a, it's a such thing as a first 15. And the first 15 normally tells you, normally dictates to you if you had the right game plan and if you need to throw that game plan out and change and, and go to something else. And I was disappointed after our first 15. I didn't feel like we adjusted. Most teams, especially the teams that I played on that are really good, I tell people all the time, there's levels to winning. There's levels to losing. And there's a level to how you prepare. There's a level to how you practice. There's a level to how you game plan. And then there's a level to how you adjust as well, if you're a really good team. After that first 15, what we had going on was not working. I I, I didn't see us look in sync. I didn't see us look, you know, I didn't see us threaten the, the Ravens at all. But then what was disappointing is that I didn't see us change either. And and that's what's more disappointing than anything because then that goes past the player thing to a, a, a preparation coach-wise thing. You know, that's the, I'm glad you said that because in the Broncos, they ran the ball 17 times all day, but they only ran it four times in the second half. And we, we saw what happened to drew lock last year when he was asked to throw so many times. And when he came in, in the second half, he threw 21 times, he went 12 for 21, but I'll also say this, like, I don't feel like Pat Shermer did Teddy Bridgewater a lot of favors in that first half either. Just Teddy no. just didn't look like Teddy. And, and I, it was funny because I know he's out there trying to make plays, but man, that Ravens defense was on him so quick. And it looked like he had nowhere to go with the ball half the time. And, and, and here's the thing. This is, this is what bothered me was that you have to understand that we had our starting guards out. So if you look at the middle of the defense, that is the most important parts of the defense. So when you have your starting guards out, you cannot put backup guards and pass protection all the time. You have to, you have to develop physicality with the run. Even if you don't get many yards doing it, you have to slow those guys down and say you still have to play blocks and you still have to make tackles 
against the run. We kind of abandoned the run, and that made it even a, a, a worse time for our guards to have to block on a you know on the island, so to speak. So that that's the one thing that I looked at. I said, okay. Even if we weren't getting many yards on the run, you don't abandon the run simply because of the physicality of the game. You don't want to take the physical part of the game out. You want to make that still be a part because once you take the physicality of the game out, I know as a defensive player and I know how our front guys feel, you just really made the game easy for our front guy. Our front is like, oh, they're not going to run the ball? We just get to get ready to pass rush? Oh, that's an easy ball game. And, and on the flip side of that, on the defensive side, that's the one thing I can say that I did like about our defense. We started off slow, started off out of seat. We weren't aggressive enough. But then I saw us turn that switch. I saw Ed Donatello say, hey, wait a minute. This this zone defense, this shell defense is not working. They're going to threat, you know, they're going to thrash us to death if we keep doing that. So I saw him put the pressure and dial the pressure up. And we started having four or five good series against the Ravens that, you know, got off, got us off the field. That's what I didn't see on offense. I saw an adjustment on defense, but I didn't see it on offense. You know, and, and that's the thing I wanted to ask you about game planning, because like I said earlier, Teddy Bridgewater just didn't look in sync. And I mean, you played with John Elway, you played with a bunch of quarterbacks, but does Teddy Bridgewater, does he have the ability to go to Pat Sherman and be like, I don't think this is going to work. Like, I don't know if this is a good game plan. I mean, obviously we know he can kind of change things up at the line, but when right. they're putting this game plan out, does he have much input? And that's what I don't know, to be honest. I, I really don't know. I, I don't know that 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 new group. You know, I know it with uh when Cubes were there, you know, the coaches that I was familiar with, I know the quarterback could talk to Kube and, and you know go to Kubiak and say, Hey Kubiak, I think this, you know, this could work. I know that, but with Sherman, I don't know Sherman like that. But I I even look at the the from a concept, a route concept. I don't even think we had good routes going for Teddy. I mean, we didn't have some good, quick hidden routes. You know, the routes were taking too long to develop. And and those are the things that you have to change. You have to, most of the time when you go into a, a game, you have two separate game plans. You have one game plan that you thought would work, and then you got one game plan that you have in your back pocket just in case it doesn't. And I didn't see that second game plan. I just saw us stick to what we were doing. Even when Drew Locke came in the game, we were still throwing the ball deep down the field, trying to hit deep setting routes, where I think during that time, you have to go to your combination stuff. You have to go to your bunch routes. You have to go to your two-man combination routes. You know, make the defense have to think and adjust. And we never did that. I just, I just saw us the same game plan all day and it just was not working and it was not a good game plan on the off on the offensive side of the ball again Cortland Sutton had uh three receptions Tim Patrick had three Noah Fant had six and you you're right they were trying to kind of you know blow the top of that defense off a little bit when you don't have Jerry Juicy Judy and you don't have Hamler out there are these the right guys to do that because you and I both know Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton can go up oh. and get balls out of the air, but can, yeah. are they that guy to run past the safety? No, no, they're not speed guys. They're, they're guys that you can, you know, throw the 50, 50 ball at, but you cannot make a game plan that we're going to rely on the 50, 50 ball. That's not a game plan. That's a, a hope and a wish and a prayer. That's not a game plan. You have to have a game plan where you can use Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton for what they are. They are big rebound basketball guys. So you got to, 
make routes so that they can get in front of DBs and shield them off, kind of like a rebound, a pull, you know, how you are a rebounding and posting a guy up. That's the kind of guy you got to get these guys into routes where they can use their body types and they can use what they their physicality to beat guys instead of going down the field trying to throw jump balls all day. That's not going to win games for you. You have to put these guys into combination routes where they can do inside corner routes, you know, in, I mean, outside corner routes, inside slant routes, inside dig routes, rub routes, stuff like that. You have to add that more into the fourth and in uh, in, in our game plan so that we can say, hey, we're going to make you guys have to adjust. We're going to make you guys have to think. Even put motion in, you know, make the defense move, move Pat, uh, Tim Patrick across the field, motion over there with Cortland Sutton and get guys, you know, all sinking out of bounds. I didn't see enough of that during our game plan. Last thing on the offense, there's been news articles out that the Broncos should just cut ties with Drew Locke at this point. I don't necessarily agree with that. As a defender, two questions for you. As a defender, when a backup comes in, are there are there things you do to test that backup? And then also for Drew Locke, how much of that loss do you blame on Drew Locke? I mean, he went in, they were down 10, and I think he gave up, you know, they went out. I think they lost by, like, what, six more than that? Like, so what do yeah. you think about that? I mean, Drew is not prepared. I mean, I don't, I, I don't feel the coaches. Like I said, once again, I feel that you have to put a lot of this loss on the coaching staff. You have to put it on Drew Locke as well. I don't feel he was prepared, but I, I, I didn't expect him to be prepared. I mean, I didn't see, I didn't think Sherman had another game plan for him. That's up to the coach to have. If you have a game plan for Teddy Bridgewater, if Teddy gets hurt, you always have to have a game plan for the backup because the backup has a different skill set than the starter. You can't just put the backup in and say, we're going to run the same plays we were running for the starter. No, you can't do that. If Drew Locke is a different brand of quarterback, even on the deep balls and stuff Drew Locke was throwing, Drew Locke is not a deep ball thrower. He throws bullets and he doesn't put Aaron in the ball. I mean, so I would take those routes out of his repertoire. Like even the, the pass he threw on the goal line, it was a straight bullet pass that got intercepted. Why would you run that type of play for him? You know, try to throw a back shoulder fade. That's not his ball. If anything, you run a slant there, you run a, a, a crossing route, an over route, or you run a bunch route so that he can catch a guy open right quick and drill it to him. That's the kind of quarterback he is. So even on the final throw of the game, I felt that was a dumb route to run for Drew Locke. That is not his type of ball. He's not a touch ball thrower. He likes to drill the ball in there. So you got to run a route where Scorland Sutton can put his body in front of the body of the quarterback and drill the ball to him. You see what I'm saying? So that would be a slant route. That would be an under route, something like that. That was a – I mean, I just did not feel – that the coaching staff of, on the offense was in sync for that the defense, for one, that we played against, and then two, to change quarterbacks, I don't feel we did anything to help Drew Locke. And Drew was shell-shocked. I mean, point blank period. He was not getting through his reads. He was not getting through his progressions. 
So if I'm an offensive coordinator and I see that, when I put him out there the first two series and I'm like, okay, he's a little shell shot. First and foremost, I'm not going to just put him out there and let him throw the ball every damn time. I'm going to run the ball. Even if it's not even if it's not working, I'm going to run the ball a little bit to take some of the pressure off of him and not have him think every play I got to make a play. He's already scared to death. And now you put him out there and say, you have to make a play every play. That's not going to help that kid. So I don't feel he was he was totally prepared, but I definitely feel Sherman did not do anything to help that kid out from his game plan standpoint or from a play calling standpoint. Little side note, you know a lot about uh, bullet passes. There's a, the legend of the Elway cross and the broken fingers. How much right. of that did you ever see in practice or training camp? Oh, a bunch of them. Trust me, I I had two or three interceptions that damn near broke my finger against them that I dropped and some that I caught. Even even the play, quite frankly, my first start against the uh, Denver Broncos was when I was with Detroit, and the interception that I caught from uh, Elway it was a deep um, out route, comeback route, and I damn near broke my pinky catching that one. He threw the ball hard as hell. <laughs> you know, let's break down the defense before we do that. I kind of want to get your take on that last play of the game. Vic, Vic Fangio came out and he said that he thought it was BS that last play. John Harbaugh comes out. To be honest with you, I don't really have a problem with it, but I also think it's a bit bush. What's your take on that last play of the game last week? I mean, quite frankly, to be honest, I don't give a damn about that last play. I mean, I grew up in the in the era where if if guys, even if players, if players or, or coaches or teams are doing BS against you or talking too much, the way you shut them up is you kick their ass. That's the way I grew up. That's the way my pops told me. I remember coming home, telling my dad, hey, dad, I'm at practice and this guy is doing this to me and doing this to me and doing this to me. I came home two or three times and my dad looked me right now. He said, son, did you kick his ass? <laughs> And I was like, no. He was like, well, I don't want to hear anything else about it. If you want him to stop doing that, you go to school tomorrow, you kick his ass. <laughs> and that's that's what he told me. So that's that's how I grew up, and that's how, you know, that's how I look at that. Hey, they wanted to get 100 yards, let them have it. I mean, we allowed him. If, if we didn't want him to get the 100 yards, then don't throw a dumb pass like we threw in the end zone for – a touchdown or trying to get a touchdown when we was getting our ass kicked anyway. Just run the ball. Run the ball, run the time off, and we'd have stopped them. But you didn't think that way, so don't worry about what happened afterwards. That's on us. That's the way I look at that. Now, let's go to the defense. <laughs> about the defense, once again, I, I felt we went in soft against the defense. We went in thinking we're going to stop the run, right? We're going to make sure that uh, that uh, uh, Lamar doesn't get loose on us. We're going to make sure we control the run and we're going to play shell coverage because I feel that, that quite frankly, that Fangio and Ed Donatel didn't give Lamar enough credit for what he could do in the passing game. I felt they said, hey, we're going to make Lamar beat us. Well, guess what? Lamar was kicking our ass. <laughs> you know, he was kicking our ass. So you have to adjust. And I and I like that about the defense. I'm okay. I'm okay. And I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to repeat it. I am 100% okay with having a game plan thinking a guy can't beat you throwing the ball. 
But once you find out that he can, adjust. <laughs> don't just look, don't let him throw for 500 yards, adjust. And we did that. So I'm okay with the defense, you know, getting ripped, uh, the couple of plays that we got ripped. I'm okay with that. Now, what I'm not okay with is even when you play these zones as safeties, the safeties I feel did not have an understanding of what that offense was capable of. Like as a safety, the first thing I'm going to do, if I'm going to play shell coverage and I'm going to play zone coverages, the first thing I'm going to do is understand speed. You have to say, now the one thing these guys do have on that side of the ball is Hollywood Brown. The guy can run. So with that being said, I'm going to start my coverage off four yards deeper than I normally would against a Corlin Sutton. Corlin Sutton is not going to get up on you as quick as a Hollywood Brown. So I can play seven, eight, nine yards off the ball. Well, against a Hollywood Brown, you might want to start off 12, 13 yards off the ball. That's where I felt we were lacking. And on top of that, I felt our safeties did not have great eye control. When you run zones, you have to get back off the ball. You have to put your eyes in the right place. You can't be staring in the backfield when you cover and things like that. Justin Simmons a couple of times against the tight end trying to cover. He's looking in the backfield. You can't look in the backfield and cover a tight end. You can't look at the backfield and cover anybody. The first thing when it comes to coverage, look at who you are covering. Let him dictate to you when the ball is coming. You can't second guess. And then in our zones, I felt we weren't deep enough, and I felt we had bad eyes. So that, that's why we got beat a couple of times. I was impressed, though, that we made adjustments. If our offense had any type of game plan, had any type of momentum going, we would have been in the game. I mean, we we did let them go down the field and score, you know, a couple of touchdowns or whatever. Well, it was 10 points they, they scored. But we shut them down probably three series in a row, three or four series in a row. I don't care what defense you are. If your offense is not helping you at all and your fans are out of the game, which about the third quarter, we had no fan support. The fans were totally out of there, you know. So with those two things happening, the defense is going to get tired. The defense is going to start giving giving up plays. Defensively, we thrive off of our offense getting in the thing and our fans. That's what makes us play better. You know, that's the bottom line. We thrive off the offense making plays when we get, you know, get the guys off the field and we thrive on the fans being in the game. If you take those two elements away, it's a tough day. It's a tough day. You know, it's funny you say that because I feel like Teddy Bridgewater has done a great job bringing that synergy between the offense and defense. And maybe that was part of the problem. Drew Locke come in, like you said, he was shell-shocked and the defense might have been like, oh, no. Here we oh, go that's all. And, and let me tell you, as a defensive player, you see that right away. Now, let me tell you something. As a defensive player, and I, I, I'll tell you, there was a couple of times where, where John Elway and we had Bubby Brister as a backup. Mm-hmm. Bubby Brister come in the game, man, we could see it. Even though Bubby was not nowhere close to as good as John, he had a grasp on the offense. He was one of those guys that's going to go out there and bust his ass. You knew he was going to give you 100%, and you knew he was not afraid. So, therefore, you play harder for him. You play harder for him defensively. You'll say, hey, look, but don't worry about it. 
You know what I'm saying? Don't do more than you can. We got your back, right? But when we had Brian Greasy winning the game a couple of times and he looked scared to death, we was like, oh, hell, this one's over with. You know, we're like, we can get this kid the ball back five times and he ain't going to do she's with it. So that's, trust me, as a defense, you feel that way. You know right away when you see, because we watch games. We ain't over there sitting up not watching. When, I, when our starter goes down, the first thing defensive players do, we're going to check out the backup as well. We want to see if he's ready to play or not. And from those first two series, I guarantee you that defense was like, look, man, if we don't get some interceptions, if we don't cause some fumbles, we're getting our ass kicked this game because he ain't going to do nothing. And now you start pressing. Now you start pressing, trying to make plays. And what happens when you press? You get plays made on you. That's what happens to a defense. And that's what the fans don't understand is that when as a cornerback, if I feel like I got to make an interception, I'm going to take some extra, you know, some extra chances and some extra risk to go make an interception. There's a good chance that that guy might make a play on me because I'm pressing, you know, instead of just covering, I'm pressing. I saw that with our DBs. I saw our DBs trying to press to make some plays because they knew offensively we weren't going to do anything with that ball. We weren't going to do a darn thing. You know, the funny thing is, is you talk about that. And I remember when John Elway decided to call it a day, a lot of the players were upset that Bubby just didn't get that big chance that, that he, he was, was supposed to. Let me tell you that that whole year was in disarray because us as players, we know, we know. Now, don't get me wrong. It is the coach's job to assess and know what players he wants to play. But mm -hmm. it's also the player's responsibility to know as well. And what happened, that that's the one thing that I, you know, Mike Shanahan is one of my best friends, good friend. I, I would, you know, I called him for anything in the world. But that's one mistake I feel that he made for our team was, we got together as a team, and as a team, we all voted for Button to be the starter. And he started Brian Greasy, and Brian was not ready that year. That's the year Brian got everybody hurt. He got uh, Terrell Davis' knee hurt. I think he got Shannon Sharp's collarbone broke. He got Ron Smith's shoulder hurt. He was just not ready to play. And and it was too soon for him. We should have started Bubby, and I think we would have had a better season. Guys would have played better. And who knows? I mean, quite frankly, I hate to say it, Terrell may not have you know, gotten hurt. And and you have to put that on, you know, on, on the decision-making at that time. And, and that's how it is, man. You understand Players know when a player's ready or not. And Drew was not ready. He was not ready to play. And I guarantee you that had something to do with the way the defense started to play after he went in the game. Because the defense had four good series, if I recall. I think I wrote them down. They had four good series where they went three and out, three and out, four and out, five and out. They were playing their butts off. They were putting pressure, playing their butts off. But it just went disarray after that. You know, the, the funny thing is I was sitting in the stands when Terrell's knee was, when Lepsis destroyed his knee and uh, watching Terrell Davis all those years, you knew like right when you saw it, you knew, man. And that's just from sitting in the stands and you're like, Oh my God. I can, oh man. Those are not yeah. good memories, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's not go back over. Let's not rehash those memories. <laughs> so enough of that. <laughs> exactly. Broncos coming off a rough loss. What does that first loss in a season do to you? I mean, you've been on teams that lost early and you've been on teams that lost late. What does that first loss do to a player? 
I mean, I, I, it really depends on the loss. Like, as fans, the fans just see that they got their ass kicked. And there's no way about that. You can't mince words. We weren't prepared. We didn't have a good plan. And quite frankly, a lot of players didn't play well. Justin Simmons didn't play well at all. He did not have a good game. Uh, you look at Jackson. Kareem did not have a great game. You know, you look back at some of the guys. They didn't play well. And when you have guys injured like we do, we have a bunch of guys on the injury list that would be starters right now. When you have guys injured, those backups have to play. Like now, now they're starters. So you can't you can't even consider them as backups anymore. The people that are on the field have to play well. We don't have a good enough team. Let me let me reiterate this and say this clearly. We do not have a good enough team to one, have a bad game plan for the players, and two, play bad as players. Now, when we played back in the day, we had some teams where we could overcome a lot of stuff. We had good enough players. We had, you know, we had a good enough team, special teams, offensively, defensively. There were some games where the offense didn't play well and the defense played well. Got an interception, scored touchdowns, special teams scored touchdowns. We don't have that kind of team. We don't. We don't have that kind of team. So we have to play well in all areas. You have to play well offensively, defensively, special teams. We have to play well in all areas in order to play against the good teams. Now, against the bad teams, you've got to beat some teams. But Baltimore Ravens, even with their injuries, is still considered a good team. You know, they can still play well. So with all that being said, with a bad game plan, with players not playing up to their part, with special teams not being special, we didn't have a chance. And I think the players understand that. So when you ask me how does a player feel, I think the players inside their locker room, they understand where they are. Like, I guarantee you Justin Simmons understands he cannot go out and have a game like he had in us to be good. He has to go out and play at an all-pro level. He has to, he's, he's getting paid like an all-pro. You know, you have to go out and play at an all-pro level. Point blank, period. You can't go out there and be half-ass and, 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 and help our team. You have to help our team. Same thing with Von Miller. Von Miller knows he has to be productive. If he's not productive, that front four is going to have problems because we count on him to be productive in order for the other guys to get one-on-one -on -one blocks. So with that being said, the players are not taking this loss as hard as the fans did. The players understand it's just one loss. They can look at the film and say, I can play better, he can play better, he can play better, he can play better, and we can have a better game plan, and we'll be in better games, period. And then you throw it away. You throw it away. Like I told you, there's levels to this. When you are a team that 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 having a, a vision to go further and to, and to play better, you throw that loss out. You throw it out really quickly. You, you assess it. You look at it, and, and you look at the reality, and then you throw it out. You know, it's funny you mentioned Justin Simmons. A lot of people this week are putting that loss on him and being like, we gave him all this money and he goes out and plays like, you know, like crap. You know, it's not like these guys that get paid lots of money don't have an off week. You know what I mean? He's still exactly. a really, really good player. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. And, and that's the key is that I don't care who you are. You can have a bad game. You're still human. You're still human. Just because you give him all pro money does not mean he becomes a robot all pro guy. <laughs> he still has human traits. You know, you're going to have good days, bad days. You're going to have good plays, bad plays. I don't care who you are. You're going to have a, a bad game. You know, and, 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 and 
what you hope is that when you have a bad game, the other guys around you don't have a bad game. They're able to lift you up. But now if Justin has a bad game, if Jackson has a bad game, if, if uh, Sertain has a bad game, okay, who the hell is going to lift you up? <laughs> so that's that's what becomes a problem is that it's okay for you to have – I mean, I had bad games. I don't – look, I don't remember them, but I had one. I'm, I'm sure I did. <laughs> no, being honest, so – but if I was having a bad, say, first quarter or a bad second quarter or whatever it is, I had Steve Atwater, Tyrone Braxton, Garen, Darren Gordon. I had those guys that was playing well to lift me up. Well, it's hard to be lifted up when, you know, when you're having a bad game plan and you're having a bad team effort. It's hard. So – Justin did not lose the game. Let's just put it that way. There was some plays he gave up. He did. He gave up that touchdown. I, I think it was just a poor play on Hollywood Brown. He gave up the two plays on the tight end after he made a great play. He gave up the two plays on the tight end. But all in all, he made some plays, and the defense played well enough to be in the game. But you didn't play well enough to get your ass kicked on offense and look bad on special teams. You just didn't. You know, the funny thing about that uh, touchdown he gave up to Hollywood Brown, just seeing it in his eyes, he's like, dang, you know what? I have ne- Ray, I've never played football in the NFL, but I have made mistakes like that where I'm like, you know oh, it. Oh, my you know God. It right away. No, you know it right no away. one can save me. That's on yeah. me. You know it right away. And, and, and the world <laughs> can see it. And, and that's what's the bad part as a DB. As a DB, the world sees when you make bad plays. You know, and you, you can't hide out, especially in that type of coverage. You're running a cover two coverage or a quarter coverage, and the guy turns you around. I mean, he gave him a fake like he was going to the corner and went to the post, and, and Justin was heading to the corner. I mean, <laughs> so you know. But I know right away with Justin. Justin was saying was, hey, I should have been deeper. He was like, this guy can run. He got up on him so fast. Yeah, he got up on him so fast that you couldn't adjust. So you just move on from that. That's only one touchdown. That's only one play. I mean, you take that away, we still didn't do enough on offense to beat him. You know what I mean? You could say Justin lost the game if he gave up two plays like that and we were six plays away from winning, we still didn't have a chance to win. Even if he'd have made that play, we still would have lost 21 or 20 or 18 to six or whatever it was. So, no, he didn't lose the game. He didn't play well, but he didn't lose the game. You know, and, and for me, just being a Bronco fan, I'm glad Justin Simmons back there. Bring him back this week. I want him there for the long term. The funny thing about that was, is Holly, Hollywood Brown got by him so fast, he couldn't even, like, P.I. him or anything. Like he no, was that's what I'm saying. It was, it was just a horrible play. It was a play that, as a safety, you throw that out the window. You just say, that was a bad play. I don't care how you shape it, size it. I can't express it, explain it. It was a bad play. And you move on. And you move on. You, But as a safety now, you have to make the adjustment in your mind so that it don't happen again. But to a fan and to the other and to the reporters, it was a bad play. Period. Well, plus Hollywood Brown's been known to drop some of those. Hey, just never. You just never know. Like I said, look, we, we spent too much time on it. <laughs> I just think it's, I, yeah. it's funny just to, to look back. You know, going into the Steelers game, good news. I just found out today that Graham Glasgow and Dalton Reisner will both be playing. Uh, besides, you know, obviously Jerry Judy and Hamler out. The injury report looks like uh, Melvin Gordon's got a lower leg. Ronald Darby, um, 
it's kind of up in the air on him. I, it's, I think he d- doesn't come back till next week. Albert Alberto is a little bit uh, hobbled, but all in all, I mean, it's the same team we had against the Ravens going into it on paper. You know, we may except say, you know, the having, Broncos- except having those guys, those guards back is big. Oh, it's huge. That, that's huge. I mean, it's not the same team at all. <laughs> when you put no. the two starting guards back in, it's a whole different ball game. It makes you, it makes your running game a lot better. It makes you play action a lot better. It makes the pass routes you think you can run, your pass concepts a lot better. So it it changes your game. So so for me, just that within itself gives me a brighter feeling about Pittsburgh because we we definitely going to need them against Pittsburgh's front, and and it, and it would definitely help us. And I and I know Teddy Bridgewater's still in concussion protocol, but he's doing everything he can to play. It looks like you know depending on what Shermer and, and Vic's rules are he probably will be able to go Sunday. If not, um, you know, that changes everything. But as far as the defense last week uh, versus the Ravens, the Broncos did a great job against the run. They held them to under that hundred yards. I mean, they finally ended up getting it, but really all in all, in the context of the game, they held them under a hundred yards. Let's be honest. Right. That's just, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, Yeah, that's 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 definitely true. And that's the thing is that you have to look at it. That was the game plan. The -hmm. game plan was not to allow them to run wild on us. I mean, they're accustomed to getting 100 yards. We put a game plan together that was going to hold them in check from running the ball. Now, the the, the split, the, the flip to that is we didn't expect to give up deep passes like we did. We thought, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Ed Donatel felt our matchups were better. He, he felt, hey, as long as we don't let Hollywood Brown get on top of us, well, he did. So you take, you scratch that out the window. And as long as we don't allow this tight end to beat us, well, he did. So you scratch that out the window. But those are the two things Ed Donatello went into the, you know, I know him personally. I know he went into that room saying, look, guys, we're going to stop this team from running the ball. They're not going to run the ball down our throats. So these are the two things we have to do. We have to make sure Hollywood Brown doesn't get big plays, and we have to make sure Andrews doesn't just kill us. If we do those two things, we're, we're going to play with well, we stopped the run, but Hollywood got on top of us, and Andrews had a good day. So, therefore, it looks bad. But if, if we cover Andrews better and we take the one big play away from Hollywood Brown, it's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different ballgame. So, I don't fault Ed Donatello for his game play. The players didn't perform it well enough. You know, right. you have to put something on the players. I, I drew up a game plan that could work. Now, Justin Simmons, you can't let what happened to happen. You can't cover bad, and you can't let Hollywood Brown get behind you. That's it. That's it. I mean, and, and it's that simple. And that's why, as a player, I'm not, you know, really flustered about it because I know what happened. As fans, it just looked horrible. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad. Justin has to cover better with his eyes. Uh, Jackson has to cover better with his eyes. And then they have to get deep and don't let deep balls go over their head. It's that simple, man. It's, it, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm on the Pittsburgh now, you know? Yeah. It's that well, plus the Broncos only scored seven points regardless. So, And, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Offensive, offensively, we did not play well and didn't have a great game plan. We have to change that. Or I don't care how good the defense play. It, it was still going to be a problem. 
If you look on paper this week on the uh, uh, Pittsburgh side of the injury, we've got Ben. He didn't pl- practice on Wednesday, but he usually doesn't practice Wednesday. He'll be fine for yeah, Sunday. He's, yeah, he's he's at that age where he doesn't. He's not supposed to practice every day. Yes, <laughs> I mean, he, he's supposed to get a day off. <laughs> Yes, he's earned it, kind of. And then we got uh, Juju and Chase uh, Claypool, both limited participation. So on paper, the Denver Broncos defense should be dominating this Pittsburgh Steeler offense. Here's where the rubber meets the road. The defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers, regardless of who's injured or or whatever, that's always going to be a good defense. And on special teams, they... They just kill the Broncos as far as that goes. The Broncos on special team has been rough on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. On the defensive side of the ball, Ben Roethlisberger hasn't really been throwing passes over 10 yards. And they had a lot of video montages this week of him not being able to make those throws. Here's the funny thing about a veteran quarterback. He might be able to fix all that on Thursday. He can always be fine on Sunday. He can always have a game. And and that's the thing about it. You're talking about not just a veteran quarterback. You're talking about a, a, quite frankly, a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's going to end up one day in the Hall of Fame. So you're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback. He can have a day. I mean, point blank period. You cannot say, hey, this is who Ben is or this is what Ben is. They've been saying that about Tom Brady for the last three years. He's going to fall off the cliff. He's going to fall off the cliff. And all he's done is won two more Super Bowls. Okay. You, you know I mean, he can have a day. So we can't put that in our mindset as defensive players. We can't go out and depend on big Ben not to make plays. You got to go out there and, and play as if he's going to make plays and prepare yourself and be ready. But with that being said, we do match up very well against this team. Defensively, we match up very well. We should be able to control this offense. We should be able to force Ben into doing some things that he does not have the capability of doing right now, uh, does not feel comfortable doing right now. Either way, that's what we have to do. We have to force him not to make direct throws. We have to make him fit the ball in deep. We have to make him make some deep contested throws. And then we have to put pressure on him. Because the one thing I do know he can't do right now is move. <laughs> he cannot get out of the way of guys putting pressure on him and rushing him. He's going to get that ball out of his hand. He's not going to shake and bake anybody. He's not going to run away from anybody. So if we keep him contained and we keep pressure on him, we definitely don't have to worry about what we did last week with Lamar beating us out of contain and stuff like that. We can come straight forward, put straight missile pressure, you know, run the double bullets pressure and stuff like that, run the thriller Brits inside. We can do stuff like that. And they don't have the big-time receivers. They got good receivers, don't get me wrong, but they don't have the big-time receivers that I feel we should have a problem cutting. You know, notoriously, the Denver Broncos haven't done great on that early window. Um, Is there something to that playing that early game on Sundays rather than the regular 2 o'clock kickoff on Sundays here in Denver? Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, not 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 just being the early game, it's on the road too. So that yeah. that's another thing. You're not sleeping in your own bed. You're waking up early. You know, the breakfast doesn't it taste the same. <laughs> the coffee don't feel the same. I mean, it's 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 a lot that goes into playing on the road, playing the early game. See, most of the time when you play on the road, you like to play the later game so you can wake up and get adjusted, you know, to where you are, get adjusted to your body, get loose, all of that stuff. But when you're in that early game, hell, 
some of the guys not going to wake up to the second quarter. I mean, that's just a fact. I mean, that's a fact. When you play that early 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock game, some, some, some of the guys, you know, you're going to really have to really focus and get right and have some good things happen. And that's why it's a little tough. It's a little tough because all things are different on the road. And then on top of it, you have to, you know, set your clock early and, and get your mental clock to, to get moving earlier as well. Well, before I get your prediction on what you think is going to happen to this game, let's go around the AFC West a little bit. The Raiders took a loss to the Chargers. Uh, Chucky thought that he had a had a, um, Justin Herbert where he wanted him, and then Justin woke up again, and, uh, and that game didn't really – it looked close for, what, like 10 minutes or something, and, and the Chargers uh, with not just Justin Herbert, but uh, Eckler looked great in that game too. That was yeah. that Chargers. That Chargers team looks dynamic. Yeah, the Chargers got a lot of pieces playing well right now, mm-hmm. and 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 it all starts with the quarterback. I mean, they got a quarterback who's playing at a very very high level right now. He feels very. He looks, I should say, very comfortable in the offensive game plan. He looks very comfortable with the play calling. He understands the plays. I mean, he is just playing at a very, very high level right now. And then on top of that, they got Keenan Allen and those guys. They got receivers. They got Williams, big target at Keenan Allen, a great route runner. They got guys who can get open. They got guys who can create separation. And then, like you said, Eppler is playing above his head. He's, he's playing out of his mind right now. He's, he's a very, very, very good running back right now. So with that being said, and they have a line. The line is playing well. The line is protecting. So offensively, they're they're clicking right now. And they have a coach that knows what he's doing. So when you put all that together, I, I told you a couple of weeks ago that I felt the Chargers was the best team in the AFC West right now. I still feel that way. Even with Kansas City, I feel the Chargers. And I'm not just saying it because the Chargers, you know, got a win against them. I'm saying it because I'm looking at special teams. I'm looking at offense, defense, the way they're playing. They have a bunch of guys playing well, talking about Bosa on the other side of the ball, Duran James on the other side of the ball. They've got Chris Harris who's been hurt, but they got they, they got Asante Samuel's son, Asante Samuel. I mean, they got some guys over there that, that can play at a high clip, and, and, and they're playing well together. You know, they look like a really, really good team. Can't take that away from them. Right now, I still feel they're the best team in the AFC West. And they proved it, you know, by beating the the uh, the uh, Chargers. I mean, by beating the uh, Raiders and by beating the, the uh, Chiefs the other day. So, they, they are who I think they are right yeah. now. I really do. Yeah. I want to take you – I want to get your take on Derwin James because, for me – Watching that Chargers defense, I mean, Bosa's been hurt a lot in his career, so it's been up and down. But Derwin James seems to bring that attitude to the Chargers defense. I mean, he's a downhill player, makes all the tackles. He's willing to take chances because he's athletic enough to recover from those things. What does a player like that do for a defense? Oh man, he does so he does so much because you can depend on it. It's like mm-hmm. in that back end, man, when you when you're a corner and you know you have a safety who, who plays over the top and you can depend on him to be where he, he's supposed to be. And and then you can depend on him to make some plays that are that are some unnatural plays. I mean, he mm-hmm. made a couple of big plays the other night. He got beat. He got beat yep. a couple of times in that game, but he came back and made some plays that just a normal player would make. You know that as a corner. You know that as linebackers. You know 
know that as a front, that you got a, a guy who's a difference maker back there, like a Troy Palomalo or something like that, or Ed Reed. When you have an Ed Reed, you can, I can promise you, I know Ray Lewis personally. Ray Lewis said he used to take chances because he knew Ed Reed was back there. He was yeah. like, man, I, I would take a chance because I knew Ed Reed was going to cover me up. Well, that's how the Chargers are playing right now. Some of those linebackers and corners are taking chances because they know Darren James is back there who can make up a lot of ground and can cover them up. When you got that guy, man, it just makes your defense, uh, you know, it's it's a difference maker altogether. And that's what they have. And and that's the good part about when you say, like, say, for instance, a Keenan Allen. You know on offense you have a Keenan Allen. You might take a chance because you know you got a guy who's a super, super great route runner. And if it's third and five, you say, hey, I got a guy. <laughs> you know, when, when you feel that way, you just play a little differently. You know, the Chiefs came out and got a victory over the Eagles. I'll tell you, like, just from my perspective, it wasn't – I mean, they scored a lot of points – but really what it did for me is it reinforced how much trouble the chiefs are having on defense. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and I said that, man. I mean, that's what I told you when uh-huh. the chiefs and the Chargers played, I told you, I said, one thing I am worried about is one. I'm, I was, I, I'm not going to say worried. I said, when I look at that team, it concerns me that they didn't have a number two receiver. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. You need a number two receiver. Now, the other night, of course, they got on track, and it was basically because the Eagles' defense sucks. I mean, it just does. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just are not a good defensive team. They didn't have a good scheme. I mean, a couple of times they had a linebacker covering Tyreek Hill. Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, what kind of scheme is that? So with that being said, the Eagles just didn't, you know, it's not a good defensive team. But against a good defensive team like the Chargers and, and, and like, you know, Tampa Bay, they're going to give you problems if they know your weaknesses. And and I saw that offensively, not having a number two receiver is a weakness. That's why they went and picked up a guy. And then defensively, they just have so many holes defensively, man, that good teams can score on Good right. teams can score on and And I guarantee you, if we – get better and continue to play well and keep our guys healthy, we're going to score them too. I guarantee you that. Now, we have to have a good game plan. Now, if we have a, a terrible game plan, I don't care who you are, we're not going to score on you. But with the players that we have and with the the uh, the, the opportunities that we have against them, we should, we'll be able to score them too, unless they change drastically. So that's around the AFC. Last thing, um, I want to get to you're in a unique situation to be able to answer this question. The Dallas Cowboys released Jalen Smith. He's now a Packer. The the Broncos have had a need for that kind of a inside linebacker for quite a while. Yeah, What's I your take we on run at it, man? I okay. thought we would. I, I I thought we would make a run at him. I mean, especially with with Josie Jewell, you know, mm-hmm. getting hurt. I, I thought we would. I thought we would make a run at that guy because I'm like, you know, it, it, okay. I'm here in Dallas, and I'm hearing, you know, through the grapevine that he he had, you know, he hadn't played well, and this, that, and the other. But I I'm a I'm an eye guy. I use the eye test, and as I see the games and I see him play, we he could definitely help our defense. I mean, he definitely had a skill set that we could use sideline to sideline, and being able to cover some guys. I thought he definitely had a skill set that we could use. So I thought we would make a run at him. I don't know if we did. Maybe we did. I mean, maybe Green Bay offered him something that we did. And so I, I can't, I can't say, you know, if we got outbid it or, or, or quite frankly, 
Jalen may have looked at Green Bay and, and, and could have said, hey, I like my chances in Green Bay better than Denver. Because, you know, it's always – and that's the thing we got to understand. Yeah. I tell fans this all the time. I try to tell the media this. Look, you can't just jump out there and say, hey, why did we get this guy? That guy has to choose you too. <laughs> you know, yeah. that guy has to choose. That's like me. And when I left Denver, people was like, well, well why didn't Ray go here? Why didn't Ray – because I didn't want to go there. I went to Kansas City because I wanted to go to Kansas City, you know, because I knew the division and I and I didn't want to go at that age, learn a whole new division, learn a whole new team, learn whole new players. I went to Kansas City because I, I was familiar with Kansas City. I was familiar with the division. I felt I could play, you know, in that division decent. That's Jalen. Jalen maybe went to the NFC because he wanted to play in the NFC. He understands the NFC, so he wanted to go there. Going to the AFC, the AFC is a faster track. You know, you go to the AFC, you have to do some different things. You have to cover differently. You have to stop the run differently. Offenses are different. All that comes into play. And so we don't know if any of that was, you know, was the reason why he ended up in Green Bay and not Denver. I might have ended up in Kansas City, too, only because I love barbecue. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Denver Broncos v Steelers. Remember everyone that's listening, it's before the game. Early game. So if you got a tea time or something, man, you got to make that thing for like 7 a.m. or you won't be done. Early oh, yeah. game, it It'll always gets everybody. It yeah. does. Like I talked to people, oh, I didn't know they were on. Yeah. Like, oh man. Yeah, that's true. Early game. And this is one of those games, man. It's gonna be first and foremost, it's gonna be interesting. Because, like you said, we were three and zero, and we were we were out there like Beyonce. We were feeling ourselves, you know, feeling mm-hmm. ourselves. <laughs> so, once you get knocked down and get humbled, you have to go back and, and, and really assess: Are we that bad, or did we just have a bad game? And I, from my eye test, we are not that bad. We had a bad game from a nucleus of things, like I said, from a game plan, from players play. I mean, from from a whole lot of different things collectively made us have a bad game against Pittsburgh. We can write the ship. I really believe we can write the ship. Those two guards, I, I reiterate this, is going to help us drastically because one, Sherman may not have had any, any, any confidence in our backup guards. That's probably the reason why he didn't run the ball. He just, you know, he was like, I think they can pass protect better than they can run ball. <laughs> so, so his game plan was, you know, was forced to be that way. With those guards coming back, we get to see if Shermer is going to go back to what he did the first three weeks. You got to give him credit. The first three weeks, he called a pretty good game. You know, the first three weeks, he's had he had a bad game plan. He's allowed. He's human. So, with that being said, I, I think we can get back on track. I think this is a perfect, perfect team to play because, to be honest, after a, a difficult loss like we just suffered, Pittsburgh is not playing well at a bunch of different you know positions, and they're fighting for their lives. So they're going to be putting some you know some extra things in, trying to get back to you know where they think they should be. So it's a perfect game. I think it's a perfect game, and and you know what. Other than the the early time, now the early time does bother me because I know as a player, it's going to take us a quarter maybe or a quarter and a half to get moving. Now, here's the here's the key 
Are we going to be out of the game in that quarter? <laughs> you know, uh, is that quarter going to be 21 to nothing? <laughs> you know, if it's 21 to nothing, we're in trouble. But if, if we are in the game after the first quarter, we can win it. And, and, and I, I feel that Pittsburgh is not unbeatable for sure, as they've already proven. And they're not that much better than us. If you go player per player and you go offense, defense, you know, you go matchups, they don't blow us off the field in any matchup. Now, special teams, we got to play better. I don't know what the hell is going on with our special teams. I don't know if it's our coach is is not preparing our guys or, or planning properly because the one return that the guy had last week, we were we were out of balance. We we weren't in um, as we call it lane control. Like there are lanes you have to stay in, and that's coaching. Don't, to teach guys to keep their helmets and shoulder pads on the right side to contain and, and to keep the left arm free instead of the right arm free. That is all coaching, and then that's want to by the players. Special teams is want to. You got to get a bunch of guys that want to play special teams. That's where we are. We have to make sure we got the right guys on the team that want to play, and then we got to make sure that we're coaching them correctly. But if we don't go out and just blow an egg, lay an egg on special teams, I think we match up very well. I think we can come out with a victory. It's not, I, I mean, depending on how Ben plays. If Big Ben plays the way he's played the last couple of games, to be honest, I think we can beat him by 10. If Big Ben plays very well, it's going to be a struggle. I think we can get him by three, but we got to play. We got to play well early. We can't let that first quarter put us out of the game because we're on the road and we're in that early game. I think this is going to be fun to watch just from this standpoint. You got Javante Williams kind of versus Najee Harris, two really good rookie running backs going right. against each other. So, you know, I'm with you on that. I, I feel like the Broncos can get a victory this weekend. We've talked, you know, we beat that Ravens game to death, but literally, like we said, the Broncos held the Ravens to under a hundred in the context of the game. You take right. away a couple of those deep shots, Lamar uh, got you. You can take seven points right off the board. Like they, they played good defense except for like just a, a few I'm plays. You, it was, it was, a, it, it was really just, I, I counted about six plays, six plays that really made the defense look horrendous, you know, and, and it can, it can. When you play a professional team, you can have four or five plays that could really just make you look like you played horrible defense. But if you take those five plays out, you had a pretty good day. You take the, you know, the downtown Hollywood Brown who really went downtown, take that out, take three or four plays by Andrews, a tight end. You take the other play that uh that they had down the scene. You take those five plays out, and that defense did not play bad at all. No, and I think that Justin Simmons in that defense, you know, they hear the I guarantee you, this is one thing I guarantee you, Justin will play well this week. That's I, I have no doubt in my mind. Justin will watch that film and see very correctable things, and he will play well this weekend. So I'm with you. I think it's a Broncos victory. Great stuff as always, Ray. How can people find you on Twitter, Instagram? What's your favorite social media? And you got me at SlickPick639, at SlickPick639 on, on Twitter. And on, I mean, on, yeah, on Twitter and on Instagram, Croc39. I'm not a big social media guy, but I'm getting into it. So if you're out there, if you follow me, man, follow me. Just follow me, ask me questions, hit me up, however you want to do it. I'm here. Awesome. Good stuff, Ray. Appreciate it. And I'll catch you next week.
All right, brother. Talk to you later. Broncos country. Don't get too down. We back in this thing. Three and one. Let's go. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube